I, I mean, Santa's an anagram for Satan. I mean, what more do you need to say? And he dresses in red. Got a lot of pointy-eared helpers. <laughs> yeah. oh my God. Hello, I'm Justin. I'm Mark. We're the J-Pops. And we are attempting parenting in Japan. Welcome to episode 48. Today we've got a special Christmas and New Year's episode for you, uh, which means we'll be talking about the different holiday traditions in Japan and the U.S., and in particular, what we plan to keep alive from the U.S. tradition in our Japanese adopted homes. Mm. But before we get into that, let's talk about those updates. Mark, how's Coda doing? Coda is doing really, really well. He's, uh, he's almost nine months now. I guess in another week, he'll be nine months. I've got a few updates. So first, Koda got his first shiner the other day. Oh, man. Yeah, he was uh, he was playing. We got a new table. This is part of the other update. We went to Ikea like a week and a half ago, and mm-hmm. we bought a bunch of new like baby stuff and some new furniture and new kitchen like cabinets and whatnot. And so we got this new table in the living room, which we bought because i thought it would be safer <laughs> and this is what he hit his head on and bruised himself <laughs> was it right on the eye no no it was like right on the forehead right above his left eye mm-hmm. and uh it's nice it's a good like maybe inch long dark spot just right there makes him look like a real tough guy yeah like i was sitting in the living room when it happened on my computer and moe was doing laundry and we could both kind of see him and he's he always kind of plays in there doing stuff and he's just not got like the ability to like stabilize himself very well yet mm-hmm. and so i think he was reaching for a toy that's inside this table and just slipped and maybe mm. bang his head just went straight into it and it was like a second thing like he kind of cried and fussed for like a minute but then he mm. was over it and then before moe even had a chance to come over and like pick him up he was done with it <laughs> and like i i wasn't even sure what happened until she picked him up and told me that there was a bruise on his head so it was pretty but yeah he's got his first one uh i think we're still in that baby sweet spot where they don't realize that they can milk that sort of thing for attention right it's like water off the duck's back still yeah but the kids are just now getting mobile enough that they'll start learning that lesson like hey if i yeah squeeze out some tears it's gonna be good for me (laughs) a little treat out of the deal so i think ayumi and i have been calling this the golden age of baby that we're in right now (laughs) because he's not walking yet so he can't really like run off and you have to chase him Mm. but he's he can sit up and he's mobile enough to get the toys he wants so he can occupy himself playing whereas before you would have to you know prop him up for anything that he wanted to do so uh yeah, this is definitely the golden age of baby right now. And then I think yeah. it's about to go off the chain. Yeah, I think so. The The terrible ones and twos are coming. You can yeah. see him. Actually, I already see a little bit with Coda. He's already got the uh, crying for attention a little bit. I don't think he's tied together like the I hurt myself, I'll cry, then you'll come over. But he does do the I'm crying, you should come over. It's usually just when he's like sitting in a chair and he's like, I don't want to be here. It's good that he's recovering now and he Hmm. was a real soldier through his injury. Anything else update wise? Yeah. So I mentioned the Ikea trip. So we took a two night trip. So three days down in Nagoya, which is where the closest Ikea is to us. And it's about Mm -hmm. like a three and a half hour drive. And uh, we spent an entire day no joke, an entire day. Like we got there at opening and we left basically when they closed at night. Wow. And just bought Ikea stuff. And that was a, that's a long day for a little baby. Let me tell you, that kid was done at the end of the day, but not done like he was just tired. He was like almost too tired to sleep. So we had two terrible nights of sleep down there because we have had a very overstimulated baby. Did you force like nap time into the Ikea trip? Uh, yeah, Moe is pretty good about carrying him in one of those like baby Bjorns and then he'll nap a lot in that when she's carrying him. So that's okay. kind of the only way we can do it. But he'll get like a good half an hour to 45 minute nap in that. I guess you were taking like feeding breaks every couple hours and just 
Moe would lounge on some Ikea furniture and casually feed the baby there. No, they have a really nice uh, baby feeding section by the kitchen and bathroom areas, so it's pretty easy. Actually, one cool thing, like uh, the Ikea cafeteria, when you get up to the register, like they don't, they don't advertise this, I guess, on anything, but when you get up to the register, they give away free baby food. All right. So if you're kind of hard up for something and your kid's fussing, they'll, it's those little bottles of like like the little jars of like whatever, like minced chicken and veggie puree. Tiny meatballs? No, I didn't notice any tiny meatballs. Okay, never mind. Sausages, I think they're called. Um, so <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's productive. Then you must have had an enormous quantity of stuff. Did you get oh, it all man. into your vehicle and come back in one trip? We managed to get it all into our Nissan X-Trail, barely. Did you like really game plan beforehand or were you just eyeballing everything saying like, I think that'll fit too and piling it up? No, we had like a list of stuff that we were going to buy, but no idea how we were going to fit it. And it, I was mm. just leaving that to the end and just mm. kind of crossing my fingers like, we'll somehow get this home. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we did load it up the back. Thankfully, like the IKEA boxes, you know, they're not that long, maybe like a meter at the most. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty stackable and you can load stuff pretty easily like tetris it was good i have one more update i need to not correct myself mm-hmm. i'm still never doing that but i need to <laughs> amend an update from i think last week's episode when i was talking about coda's poop finally going back to regular moe was very upset with me that i forgot to mention that before his poop had gone back to regular she had changed or she had added stuff to his diet and she thinks that's the reason for it. Oh, really? She added in natto and yogurt. What was the time frame? Like, when did she add it? And then when did the poop go back? I think it was like two days. Okay. So there could be some correlation, but I mean, natto's gross. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've never tested this on yourself because <laughs> natto's gross. I can never take enough in to actually know if it's doing anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know natto certainly changes the consistency of my vomit. It's true. <laughs> throw it up immediately. Uh, not to bash the national food of Japan, but they say yogurt is, uh, you know, it's got probiotic uh, properties. Right. So uh, yogurt is known to change gut bacteria, I think. Well, natto is apparently too. It's because it's mm. like fermented and apparently that helps with digestion and... Yeah, it must have like ancient bacteria in it that's been yeah. there for you know From thousands the, of bacterial generations as it sits. The Meiji era fermenting, yeah, underground. I don't know how they <laughs> ferment natto, but yeah, it, it seems like there must be something bacterially interesting at the very least. Yeah, that's a that's a nice way to describe natto. <laughs> yeah, it's natto. bacterially interesting. <laughs> it should be on every package of natto by law. <laughs> That's as, that's as much positivity as they should be allowed to muster about Natto. It's bacterially uh, interesting. Actually, I have a random question. Like, I started, I bought a Gerber peaches little package for, for Coda to eat. It's for, like, I think eight months. And it's just pureed peach, basically. Mm-hmm. I opened this package up, and I took one smell. And, dude, it smelled like Natto. That's crazy. Like, I couldn't get anywhere near this stuff. Like, it just makes me like, oh, I can't, even thinking about it, that's gross. So have, have you guys tried any of the pureed peach stuff? No, that all seems very wild to me. And you definitely checked the expiration dates and all that to make sure. Yeah, it yeah, no, it's like next, like fall or something. And then he ate said peach and he was fine with it? He loves it, yeah. Hmm. But of course he eats natto, so I can't trust him. <laughs> yeah i don't trust him as far as i could throw i could actually throw him pretty far i could throw him pretty far <laughs> uh that's uh yeah i don't know i have noticed that a some baby food things are not what you would expect they're like a lot blander or the taste is just different yeah and two it's always funniest to start with a and then follow up with two um <laughs> this is a peach that's from japan so i wonder if it had something added to it or if it was just pure peach no 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 this is this is gerber oh gerber so this was like english packaging i ordered this on iherb 
Oh, and, okay. Uh, yeah, so it's totally like American branded yeah. and everything. I tasted it too, and it tasted fine. Hmm. It's just the smell. The smell somehow to me is way off. Yeah, that's wild. Well, if you come across some, you should pick some up and see if anybody in your family thinks it smells like puke. Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> I'll keep an eye out for that in the store. I can hop into old Nico's updates here. I've got four updates. Two of them are about me. And <laughs> <laughs> first, about me. I um, partook in my first ever chess tournament last Saturday. Wow. So that was huge in my life. It was some real life nice. Queen's Gambit stuff. Was this at the library? A lot of the people in the tournament were the people who hang out at the library and play, but the tournament nice. was held in uh, an Episcopalian church for some reason. I guess they just <laughs> rented out the back room of this church and uh, they had all the tables set up. It was official. I mean, you had to be a member of the U.S. Chess Federation, which I had to join so that I could be in the tournament. Wow. Um, it was a lot like Queen's Gambit, like in those first few episodes when she shows up to mm. the minor level tournaments and you've got to like, you know, note your games and, uh, you know, like I didn't know how to use a clock and stuff like that. Oh, interesting. Uh, very fun. And I went two and two in my first ever tournament. So two wins, oh. two losses. That seems good to me. Congrats. I was happy about it because everybody who was playing had to pay to enter. So right. it's nobody who's just like, oh, give it a try and has never played before. It's like people who seriously want to try and win prize mm. money and stuff. So against other paying players, I broke even and that's all I could hope for. But anyway, that was big news. The other thing was, as it relates to Nico, I guess, is that it, I was there at 830 in the morning and then I left after 7 p.m. because Eesh. it was four games of classical chess which each took about two hours or, or more. So um, it was a lot of focus all day long. Oh and then God. you also, you have to um, smooth it over with the spouse. Be like, can you, do you mind taking yeah. care of the baby all day while I play nonsensical games? <laughs> uh, so my wife allowed me to do that. So I'm very thankful. I would assume that you would have to plan in some nap time too. After a, a long game of chess, I would feel like I would need a nap before playing a game of chess again. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what really helped me? This is my advice to anyone who's going to enter a chess tournament is um, take some very serious reading material that's not chess related. But I mean, uh -huh. some hardcore, like what I happened to be reading was a World War II uh, thing, kind of like centering on the Holocaust. And I was trying oh. to finish this book because I, I borrowed it from someone. I needed to return it. So I needed to finish it ASAP. And I thought I'll read it between my matches. And then you play a game and maybe you do something stupid and lose or you miss a chance to win or whatever. And then you're like, I'm an idiot. And then during the break, you're like reading about people with actual problems. <laughs> and it really puts your mind out of the tailspin of I'm an idiot. And then when uh. it comes time to play the next game, you can play it. But um, it's good to have instant perspective when you get carried away, like feeling bad about yourself for something dumb like that. That's a good idea. So that helped me uh, get through without too much self-loathing and nice. keep me grounded. The next update, uh, this is more about our trip back. Uh, from today, when we record this, I've got two weeks left in America. Mm. So the next episode that we record, I'll be back in Japan. Nice. That's it's just crazy. But one thing I want and that I have purchased now is a table saw. Oh, you bought it. Yeah, I bought that table saw. Oh, nice. And I already cracked open the package and I took out enough of the components of the table saw to get it under 50 pounds. Huh, and nice. 50 pounds is the limit on checked baggage. I mean, you can pay to go over 50 pounds, but I wanted to not pay. So right. Now I'm going to show up. The box is still slightly too big dimensionally, so I think I'll have to pay a little bit of a fee for an oversized bag. But mm. I'm just going to bring them in a cardboard box, 50 pounds of table saw. Yeah, man. I see it all the time. Yeah, people come through with like snowboards and stuff, right? Like in No, no. Okay, I used to be a mover for a living. Mm -hmm. And so we would see a lot of people like ship their stuff over with us, and then they'd bring stuff on the plane with them. And usually what they would do if they were coming from like India or China and they would move over, they would just put things in a box with mm -hmm. enough duct tape that it wouldn't fall apart. And uh -huh. then that's what you would see coming out of the conveyor belts. It's crazy, right? I see some of those things come around in yeah. the, uh, the carousel 
I've never thought I was that type of person to like, just <laughs> hey, could you move my scrappy old box? <laughs> right. uh, but I'm going to be that kind of person. And I just hope that it doesn't trip up at any phase of the travel, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it also cuts down our bagging allotment by one. So we've got to fit all of our stuff in three suitcases, which is what we came over with, but we bought a lot of stuff anyway. So, mm. uh, we're going to take over a whole table saw. So I'll give you the table saw update next week and let you know if it actually came through and still works on the other end. Um, the other update here that involves Nico and I both um, is that the temperature tomorrow in Kentucky here, it's going to be a low of negative two. People might be saying negative two. Oh, that's not bad. <laughs> Just below freezing. No, no, this is not Celsius. This is Fahrenheit. Negative two here in Kentucky, that's going to be negative 19 Celsius, everybody. That's what we're staring down the barrel of tomorrow. The high tomorrow is 7, which is negative 14 in Celsius. And the wind chill, the the lowest one as advertised by the Weather Channel, is Fahrenheit negative 35. (laughs) And... uh, that's approaching that point in Celsius and Fahrenheit where it's equal, you know, when you go right. down far enough. So it's actually negative 37 in Celsius. Wow. So tomorrow our high temp is negative 14, low negative 19, and at some point it will feel like negative 37. So no going outside. Yeah, probably not a lot of outside moving around. Um, Nico gets very excited in the cold. Like when I take him out of the van, you know, and it's say Celsius, it's three, four degrees out. It's just above freezing. He gets exhilarated by the cold temperature and he giggles and screams and everything. And like, he's delighted. He's having so much fun. So I do (laughs) want to maybe take him out on the porch in some like, you know, negative 37 or whatever it is. Oh my God. (laughs) See what his reaction is. (laughs) uh, I'll bundle him up, but still he'll get the cold blast in the face and we'll see what he does. For sure. Then finally, my actual Nico update is that he's just, uh, he's a mobile little man now. He doesn't actually crawl, but he can scoot and writhe across the floor wherever he wants to go. Hmm. He can stand for long periods of time. And I think with getting more mobile, He's used to like getting what he wants because it's like, oh, there's a toy. I want to get that one. And he goes and gets it. So then I've noticed that his um, personality now in month 10 is that he's a little more demandy. Like he wants the things that he wants and he wants to kind of reach out and be held by the person he wants to be held by and that sort Mm. of thing. So he's, it's just barely, it's just the very tip of the iceberg, I think, but He's definitely showing like, oh, I've got a little bit of a will, and now I'm going to uh, let you know when you're not meeting my will, yeah. <laughs> you know, that yeah. sort of thing. So, I, you know, it's just going to increase every day for the next, uh, what, like 15 years or something? Basically. But, uh, yeah, it's just the first little hint of it. Before, you have the baby, and you can just prop him up and put something in his face, and he'll be delighted, you know, like, here's a rattle, and he'll yeah. just go crazy. But now he's uh, got his preferred things and he'll he'll make moves for him or get a little fussier when he can't get there yeah i think Oda's at the same level of fussiness yeah it's um it's interesting it's nice to see him come into his own and see him like exhibit tastes for things but it's also like everything that happens sort of ratchets up the difficulty or just makes it um a new challenge Mm. yeah definitely so those are my Nico updates, and uh, I suppose we can head over to segment. There's nothing that Christmas really fits in there, right? Segmus. Uh, Let's go to Segmus. No. Town. Segment in Elfville? Noel. Here we are in jolly old segments. We're talking New Year's, mostly Christmas, I suppose, um, stuff. And in a way, you get kind of a blank slate, you know, when you go from one culture to another. In the new culture, the kid's not going to be bombarded with uh, whatever traditions or celebrations there are associated with that holiday. It's like you can kind of pick and choose them, Mm. uh, what you want to keep alive in the house in terms of 
your personal traditions. Right. Uh, what do you think? Um, you know, I've got a buy year this year. I'm not going to be in Japan for Christmas or New Year's. That's true. You're getting a full American Christmas in the face over there. I am. We're taking it right to the face here. And that puts you in the driver's seat on like, you know, mm. what are you changing or doing or what are your plans for Christmas, really? You know, Christmas, even when I was in America, it was always kind of a, a random holiday for me. Like there's always like sometimes I do a family get together with my family. Sometimes I do it with friends. Sometimes I do it with their families. So I don't think I ever had like an American stable Christmas tradition. So when we came to Japan, it's more just like we started doing things that we like to do and brought things over that kind of appealed to us from whatever Moe did here and whatever I did in America. Well, I made up a little list. Um, I'm going to go through this and see what you have to say about these things. Uh, first of all, did you put up a Christmas tree in your house? Yes. Yes, I do like putting up a Christmas tree every year. Secondary question under this Christmas tree question, do you put up what I would term a gorgeous Christmas tree, which is like out of a magazine and looks really coordinated? Or do mm. you put up a fun family wacky Christmas tree with all different colored lights and ornaments and like everything's all a mess, but it's it's fun. I'd say it's a cross between both of those. We put the tree up and we put like, we have themed ornaments mm -hmm. and it's just like a slightly yellowish lights that go on mm -hmm. the tree. And then we have personalized ornaments that fill in the rest of the space. To me, on the uh, spectrum of wacky fun tree to gorgeous tree i think you're leaning gorgeous oh really what tips me in that direction for you is you don't have colored lights you've got yellow I lights do not. yeah and uh you're you've got some themed ornaments tying it all together so yeah. i think you've got a gorgeous tree with touches i'm a i'm a firm fun wacky tree man myself our tree nice. is chaos We've got like foreign currency shoved in the branches. Um, there's like uh, ornaments that we don't remember where they came from. Um, mm. We have like not enough colored lights, so it's patchy. Uh, uh, yeah. We've never had a tree skirt. I mean, it's chaos. Our tree is just wild. <laughs> so we're like maxing out the fun. I think that's the good thing about Christmas, though, is your tree can be whatever you want it to be. There's no right tree. Yeah. Um, my wife would prefer a straight up gorgeous tree, like everything coordinated. Uh -oh. And we went to my aunt's house and they have a fun tree in the back, beautiful, gorgeous tree in the front. Ooh, so I think double tree family, double tree situation. <laughs> and I think we're headed quickly down the road this time next year. I'll be sitting in a house with two trees in it. I think well, that's what's you do there. have space in that house. So you could get oh, away yeah. with even three, probably. I mean, we could go, I'd say, <laughs> I'd say we could accommodate up to eight trees. Our house. <laughs> if pushed, we could get eight trees. Um, so who knows? The sky's the limit over at our place, but yeah, we're that's probably, gonna, we're going to wind up with a few trees before it's all said and done. Next question. Do you plan on ever hanging Christmas lights on the outside of your house. Yeah, I've thought about it. I think maybe when Coda's older, we'll do mm -hmm. some outside decorating at some point. Mm -hmm. But just now, even before having kids, now I didn't really see a point. Yeah, I think your house is ideal for it because there's not another house, you know, a foot away from your house in any direction like there are yeah. in a lot of places in Japan. So you could see it uh, from a lot of angles from, you know, far away and it would look really, really mm -hmm. cute, really nice. Um, for us, our house is so like tightly packed in the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, I think we could string some lights like maybe across the front. But if you start going up too high, it's like out of anybody's line of sight. So, yeah, I might hang some uh, just over the garage someday. But anyway, it'll, it'll be minimal, whatever we do. Yeah, it's kind of hard decorating a house in your area because mm -hmm. you'll see sometimes like in those like machia type streets i've mm -hmm. driven down and sometimes people will put up christmas lights mm -hmm. but it's more just a light source yeah <laughs> it's just like a green lamp and it's just there all year <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean in america it's it's why i think christmas lights have decreased since i was younger and i was here i think it's uh, less prominent than it was around oh, here interesting. Anyway. but 
I noticed this at the supermarket here in America, and this really annoys me. Uh, you know, the checkout lanes that you can go to often, they have a light at the top, right? Like, yeah. Check lane six has a that's light on, so you know you can go to check lane six. Well, yeah. to be seasonal, they alternated all the check lane lights with a green bulb and a red bulb. So when you go to the supermarket, all the check lanes are lit up like green, red, <laughs> green, red. But I was avoiding the red ones because I thought there was some horrible uh. problem with them. <laughs> they're red because they're broken. And then uh, I had to get told to go use the red one, and I was hesitant, and it, it was a whole scene. So um, anyway, I wish that the supermarkets would just, you know, do it appropriately. Don't confuse me. With it's America. Impact. They don't color coordinate like that. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, I mean, everyone in here is in sweatpants. Like, that's why right. are you putting effort toward this one thing? So anyhow, that's the only, that's where I draw the line on decorative lighting. My next question are you planning to introduce the Santa concept to Coda? And if so, how far are you going to go with it? Uh, I don't have any plans. I'm not going to label any presences from Santa or anything like that. I'm not going to like say like, oh, you know, put out some milk and cookies for Santa. Mm-hmm. So no, I don't. If he asks me about it, I will tell him there's no Santa. But I'm not going to uh-huh. come right out and say like, there's no Santa. Deal with that. <laughs> Deal with that. That's wise. That's uh, a pretty neutral approach. Yeah. Not pushing it too hard one way or the other. I think I've heard a few kind of discussions about what to do with Santa here in the U.S. context, which in the U.S. context, you're going to have a lot more like Jesus competition and that sort of thing. So oh. there's there's the one angle of uh, around here anyway, rural Kentucky, Santa's taking the focus off Jesus and he's the reason for the season and that sort of thing. Uh, I don't, you know, care about that. That's just one of the arguments on the table. Hmm. Then, um, I, I mean, Santa's an anagram for Satan. I mean, what more do you need to say? And he dresses in red. Dresses in red. Got a lot of pointy-eared help- helpers. Yeah. <laughs> My God. You're really flushing out the reality of Santa for me here. I think I might have just converted. Um, so... Uh, then there's another, I think, subtler argument, which is that, like, say you've got a rich kid and a poor kid, and then the rich kid over Christmas gets something from Santa, and it's really nice, and then the poor kid gets something from Santa, and it's not as nice, and then these mm. kids have the question of, like, wait, why did Santa not give me a good thing? Right. Uh, that's if you really play into that he's real and that sort of thing. So a lot of people were saying, this has been around for years, but that you should say only that the lesser presents are from Santa. And then if you do get something nice for your kid, then say it's from you as the parent, you know, so that kids don't get that sort of confusion about him. Uh, but yeah. it seems like you're digging a hole for yourself there by even having Santa in the equation. Yeah, um, I think so. My preference is just to treat Santa like any other character that's out there. Mm. Like, right. um, I mean, not even in line with Tooth Fairy or Easter Bunny or anything like that, but a, a character like Peppa Pig, like you're not under <laughs> any pressure to explain to your kid that Peppa Pig's not real. You know, it's just right. kind of a character that the kid looks at sometimes. So right. if Santa pops up in a book, I'm not going to, you know, say we can no longer have this book in the house. I'll just treat him as kind of a character. Mm. I don't think I would do the milk and cookies. I wouldn't really say that a present is from Santa because it's just dishonest. Yeah. <laughs> it rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> uh, so in my mind, I want to present my kid with real stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, there'll be enough fun along the way that you don't have to like weave this tangled web of Santa and then unweave it at a certain point. It seems like you're making trouble for yourself. It, yeah, it just seems mean. I don't know that I ever actually believed there was a Santa, but I do remember kids who were crushed hearing that there was not a Santa. Yeah. It's just that sadness on them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why why do you lie to your kids anyway and tell them there's a Santa? <laughs> They're eventually going to find out the truth. Yeah. And there's something about like, oh, give some magic to the kid. But there's a lot of like magical things like magnets or something. You know, like kids will be blown away by a lot of stuff. That's right. Uh, not That's to right. invoke the insane clown posse for a second time on our podcast, but... <laughs> F and magnets, how do they work? I mean, there's a lot of magical stuff in this world, and you don't have to get into that sort of fiction. Uh, that's just uh, my cold, cold take on it. Interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of fake stuff around this holiday. You just kind of got to parse through it, I guess. Kind of Santa adjacent. 
are you going to give any presents to Coda this time around, knowing that he will not remember them? Or do you feel too guilty to just not give him anything? Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's already presents under the tree. I'm, wow. I'm, I'm ready. I had to limit myself. Wow. I found myself in exactly the opposite situation. I've been running around like crazy shopping for nieces and nephews. And then it was like oh. two days ago, I was like, oh, Nico. Oh, no. <laughs> and he had not crossed my mind because he's like in the inner, inner circle, you know. And it's usually like my wife and I discussing, stressing about presents. Now Nico's right. just in with us discussing and stressing about presents. And I never I considered getting him anything. So at a toy store, I bought him uh, one little item. It's just some like colored wooden balls that are all connected. And, you know, it's sort of nice. just a, a general play thing for a young child to play with. Right. Uh, but I think that may be his only present. Uh, my, I've heard uh, rumors that my wife might get him a second present, but he's going to get a lot of other presents from our, you know, four other Christmases that we have lined up. Right. Yeah. You guys kind of have a gamut of Christmas coming. Like, I think we're, we've got to do all that here because we don't have a lot of like family all happening at the same time, I guess, for Christmas. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's nicer when you could, when you have those extended relatives who are helping kind of relieve some of that present buying. We've got, um, I mean, since we're in town, I think everybody's going for broke, um, literally on Christmas, Mm. essentially my mom's immediate family and then my mom's extended family will be two separate days and then it's the same on my dad dad's immediate family and then dad's extended family so by immediate i mean like you know the parent and the brothers and sisters and that's pretty much it and that's when you exchange a lot of presents but then you got to see the extended family too and of course the babies will rack up the presents at those so we've got four dates, I think 24th, 25th, 26th, and then the 30th are four Christmas dates that we've got lined up. Crazy. Uh, we had four Thanksgivings as well, and my mm. sister actually had six Thanksgivings. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, it's just, it gets, it's getting out of hand, so I don't know what's going on here. But yeah, there will be presents galore coming Nico's way. We just um, got him one one little thing. Next question, what about a present for your spouse? Is that something that you have outgrown before having Coda or are you still giving presents for holiday or for Christmas and birthdays? Yeah, yeah. We still give each other gifts. We usually set like a a limit on how much to spend and then we'll figure it out from there. Yeah. And then the lesser spouse stays within the limit and the better spouse blows past it. Usually that's how it goes. That's how it goes. (laughs) You guys do that? We, uh, We kind of... I don't know. We take it year by year and birthday by birthday, by Christmas, by Christmas. Mm. Uh, Sometimes one year, I think it was for birthdays. We said, let's each buy the Brompton bicycles, like one for each of us. And then that'll be like, that'll cover birthdays. Uh, And then we've had, you know, a a Christmas where it's like, let's get this appliance and that'll cover both of us. But then other times we don't have anything like that. We do buy a present Mm. this year with the travel and it being a little hectic with all of these Christmases coming up. We just earlier today agreed not to buy anything for each other. And we, you know, bowed and apologized to one another and shook hands. And wait a minute, you guys haven't done your Christmas shopping until now or even considered it we <laughs> it's it's been so crazy having so many like nieces nephews brothers sisters everybody around wow. and just hammering it out so i thought of my wife needing a present potentially today like less than 12 hours ago for the first time and it's um four days before christmas and she wow. said she thought of me like a couple of days ago and i only thought of nico yesterday so again like the family unit we're we're more of a team and and i just realized oh cripes yeah so we all kind of fell by the wayside this year but a lot of it too is travel and we're obsessed with like our bags being overly you know yeah you can't get too much that's that makes sense man i usually start thinking about presents like october late october is when i start thinking about christmas presents Mm -hmm. like when do you when do you guys put your tree up hit and miss but we try to do it on the thanksgiving weekend after thanksgiving oh, okay. that's ideal i mean we usually got it up way before thanksgiving oh yeah i'd have it up all of november and and december if i could i think moe kind of pushes me a little bit so we do it later mm-hmm. how dare you tread on thanksgiving like that 
We don't do anything for Thanksgiving. That's brutal. I mean, that's just a double slap in the face. Just disregard <laughs> day of giving thanks. I got a day off from work. Thanks, America. Pretty, pretty sweet. <laughs> thanks a lot, America. I will say that we're really good with present shopping. Usually, like I'm a big uh, opportunist for buying stuff, so mm. I'm pretty much year round just buying presents all the time. If I see oh, okay. something in just, April, just this year, then. Yeah, I'll stash it. And we actually brought things from Japan that I purchased, I mean, years ago. We have like a present zone in the house where we just stash presents to oh, give wow. to people eventually. And then when it comes like when it comes to crunch time, we go through the, the present zone and see the gaps that we need to fill in. But we have a pretty um, free-flowing presents policy at our house. That's interesting. I was listening to a podcast. I forget uh, who... Nathan Fillion, you know? Who yes, from... Uh, Firefly. Everything. Yeah. Interesting guy. I guess he has an entire closet in his house full of gifts for mm -hmm. people that he just constantly keeps stocked. So if he ever needs something, he's going somewhere. He's like, I'm just going to grab this gift and I'll take it over here and then I'm good. Oh, he's brilliant. Yeah. I thought that was a really good idea. We've got like a, a 20th of a closet that's just a little pile <laughs> of presents, but I could expand to a whole closet in the new house. Not you got space house. now. Yeah. Yeah. I got space now. I could <laughs> knock it down to seven Christmas trees and then <laughs> one full present zone. It's a good idea. Next up. Uh, I think in Japan for my whole life, you know, we haven't had kids on a, any prior Christmases. So the main Christmas party has been the friends Christmas party. Hmm. So now that you have a kid and there may be a little bit more pressure to have like a family Christmas and even with grandparents and stuff, are you going to forego the friends Christmas party or is that something you're still going to keep up and keep alive? That is uh, still something we're keeping alive the year before we had you guys over and mm -hmm. then Joe and his wife. Mm -hmm. So there was six of us here. However, you guys are gone. We're still going to have Joe and his wife come over this year and uh, we'll, we'll see how it works. That's cool. Then are you going to have a different party on a different day with uh, grandparents and so on? No, I don't think so. It's not a big family thing here. So usually families won't get together on Christmas in general. They'll just, I don't, I don't even think most families exchange gifts or have trees yeah not without heavy foreign influence i think yeah so like moe's mom would come over if she was close but right now she's on the other side of the country in chiba and doesn't want to deal with the snow and getting back and whatever so mm -hmm. she's gonna stay there we'll stay here and moe's dad doesn't doesn't really do christmas he's mm -hmm. he just works it's a normal day for him so mm. i'm not even sure if he's gonna be around We'll see them on New Year's because that's kind of the big holiday here. That's true. The New Year's is going to cover the base for sure. Yeah. Uh, then for Christmas uh, with the party with Joe and Gorgonella, are you going to have a big Christmassy dinner? That's my next question. Is the dinner alive and well? The dinner is going to be like an all-day feast. It's not going to wow. be a dinner. Like we did it kind of big last year as well. Yeah. it's. I think it's going to be similar from my communication with Joe. It sounds like he's he's got a haul of food that he's bringing with him. And we have stuff that we're making. So good luck for people eating it all. Yeah. So in as much as you crap on Thanksgiving and shove it down and give it no <laughs> regard, you double up on Christmas. And that's how you sort of create balance in your life. Um, I guess so. Yeah, I do crap on Thanksgiving. I just think it's a pointless holiday. Oh, man. <laughs> I am coming around to the argument that Thanksgiving may be superior to Christmas because you don't have the gift giving stress and it's just hanging out and eating. Are you kidding? That's what makes Christmas great. You have all of the eating, plus you get stuff. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I agonize. I'm a huge agonizer, and I'll feel horrible at the end of a day of shopping if I didn't get what I needed. So oh. I got a lot of days of stress leading up to Christmas. Oh. And I occasionally, like Christmas music or you know snow or Christmas lights or something will crack my hard exterior and reach into my Grinch heart and mm. give me a little glimmer of hope but then i close it right back up and i'm it's back to business so <laughs> i have a lot of stress with like little moments of enjoying it sorry you can't enjoy it 
Um, well, those are all of my uh, Christmas cues. I think we should talk a little bit about New Year's then, because okay. kind of the differences in Japan and America, I guess, this time of year is that, you know, Christmas is kind of like a uh, a single person's holiday almost, or like a dating romantic holiday. It's the equivalent of Valentine's Day in many ways, I think. Yeah, I think so. You'll see more like people going on dates and buying like small chocolate gifts for their significant other and that stuff. But you don't Mm -hmm. see a lot of like family get togethers. But New Year's, that's when you see like the family get togethers. Like that's the big day. Yeah, everything shuts down. Um, It's even to the degree of like there are New Year's cards instead of Christmas cards. Right. Those are called Ningajo. Yes. yes. We have those ready to go. An interesting little cultural thing. is that if you've had a death in your family during that year, you don't send out New Year's cards. And you don't get any. Yeah, and generally, yeah, people won't send them. I think you you do send out a very simple, like just plain type on a blank card that says, because of death in the family, we won't be doing New yeah. Year's cards. And you send those out, I guess, a bit early, and then hopefully it catches right. everyone who is going to send you one. Right. Um, so because my wife's grandfather died, uh, you remember the story, of course, it was a few days before Nico was born. So that was way back in February, but oh, it applies right. to this new year. So yeah, 10 months ago he passed away, but we are not exchanging cards. And that would be a wild thing for an American, you know, to just like have a death in February and then not do Christmas cards. It is a weird concept for me. I still kind of struggle with the whole why of it all, I guess. I think, um, you know, in the U.S., there used to be more of a, a prominence put on a period of mourning, like someone would die. And then, I mean, we're going back 100 years or more, but you're expected right. to wear black for a month and that sort of stuff uh, in right. the old days. And maybe um, it's like a socially accepted period of mourning. And then a ningajo is like a celebratory thing. And so, yeah, it feels odd to me for sure. I guess it's just the norm. Yeah. I have a few questions for you then about New Year's since you're going to be in America. Yeah. Do you guys normally do the Japanese style New Year's where you have like the TV on till midnight, do the countdown, eat your noodle soup and then wake up and then you have your osechi the next day and go to the shrine? Yes. And it's even hyper traditional because we go generally to my wife's grandmother's house who lives way up in the mountains past Uh, where even i have cell phone coverage so uh, it's like you go back in a time warp and um the best you can do is sit around the kerosene heater under like three feet of snow and watch the um the red versus white competition the singing competition uh, that goes on for like the three or four hours before midnight the same show every year yeah so we i I watch that every year and uh yeah, that's it. And we're way, way up in the mountains. And you sleep under like three blankets because, you know, it's an old, <laughs> it's literally, I don't know, a hundred year old farmhouse at the top of a mountain. And right. it's, uh, yeah, so we stepped back in time for it. What about now that you're in America, though? Are you guys doing like the American style? Are you going to try to find like a shrine in America? I don't think it would be that important. I mean, first of all, in rural Kentucky, you might have the nearest shrine might be in Japan. So we might have to <laughs> we'd have to schedule your flight. When I was in Seattle, we we would go to one. There's one pretty close to where I used to live out there. So oh, I'm sure yeah. you got one closer than you think. Yeah, there could it's be. in Seattle, <laughs> An underground Buddhist collective or something. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know about it. Uh, I don't think my wife feels compelled to do it to that degree. And my dad has a barn, which a few episodes ago we recorded from oh, uh, right. here when I interviewed my sister and uh, another one of my friends calls that the party barn. It's (laughs) a lot of fun over there. I mean, TV pool table, some pinball machines, a dartboard, a couple of refrigerators. So you just go wild in the barn, but coronavirus has derailed a lot of that over the last two or three years. Mm. So a lot of the traditions have kind of halted, but it'll just be like, what's going to get back online this year. I'm not really sure, but there'll be some big party somewhere. How does that work with little Nico then? Is he just going to get hauled around or is one of you guys going to go, the other not go? Luckily, the party barn is just a few feet away from my sister's house. Mm. So we could, and she has a young baby, so we could 
get the babies to sleep in the house and then maybe have our baby monitors with us for the countdown. But, you know, just pop out for a few minutes for the countdown and then, you know, go back. Somebody will probably be around the babies. You don't think you're just going to sleep through it? <laughs> uh, I think I'll stay awake. I, th- I think I will. I don't know. You know, I make it to midnight just about every night anyway. So uh, that's true. You're a night, uh, night owl. Also in the party barn, uh, my dad stores his camper. So he, the baby can <laughs> sleep in the camper. Well, 40 people just rage in the party barn, and uh, he'll be none the wiser. Just a little bit of white noise outside. (laughs) Uh, Go to YouTube, type in white noise raging party, and that's what it'll be. Yeah, so there are a few options um, of where to lay the little baby, and Mm. we have our video monitors and stuff. So I don't know exactly, but we'll see what pans out. All right, well, if you're ready to move on to McQuiffy. It kind of ties into our, our segment a bit. Uh, excellent. Yeah. McQuiffy away. So as a Christmas tradition in Japan, one thing that people do tend to do every year is eat Kentucky fried chicken mm. and have a Christmas cake. Mm-hmm. Being in Kentucky for Christmas I feel like you've got to have some KFC, are you? Man, that's a good question. Um, first of all, it'll be closed, so we'd have to arrange our KFC well in advance. <laughs> uh, we could uh, have leftover true. KFC, but th- it's one of those wild things that um, Japanese people in general can't believe. It's like, well, you don't have a Christmas cake? What? <laughs> it's amazing because... Christmas has all kinds of food, all kinds of celebrations, all kinds of fun stuff. And cake is the one thing that's not involved at Christmas. That's true. You never think of cake in America. (laughs) Poor little Jesus. It's his birthday. No cake. Uh, But, I mean, there are pies galore. You can stack up your pies into the shape of a cake and eat them. But, uh, yeah, no cake. So I, I don't imagine a cake will be coming for us. And... The KFC, it would take too much, like in in terms of logistics, to sort it out. It is a shame. I mean, we haven't eaten KFC since we've been here, and we're in the home of Colonel Harlan Sanders. Um, right. Peace be upon well, you, him. You wouldn't eat it anyway. You would just eat the biscuits. Yeah, I. You know, if they go to KFC, I get biscuits. I get uh, green beans, corn, mashed potatoes. Yeah. I can get a nice meal. Have you ever been to a KFC buffet? I didn't even know there was one. Oh man, uh, there's one in. My hometown, that's for sure. So oh, you can go nice. to KFC, and it's basically all the KFC items just out on a buffet, and you go take whatever you like. Oh, man, that's terrible. But also- yeah. <laughs> It's pretty good. <laughs> that's probably how the famous bowl was conceived of. <laughs> they saw some horrible wretch in the buffet <laughs> doing something ungodly, and they said, put it on the menu. Uh, yeah, we may, um, I don't know, we could pop down to the buffet, but you know, Christmas Eve Eve, maybe. Yeah, because they're, I mean, it's a Sunday, so I assume they're closed maybe in general, just because America's Mm. weird on a Sunday. Could be, yeah. (laughs) But then it's also Christmas Day, so it definitely will be closed. Yeah. And then probably Christmas Eve, everything's like a half day. I'm sure it is, yeah, if that. But I'm sure Ayumi would like it. Oh, yeah, she would love to get in there. I mean, she's been saying we need to go to KFC for four months, and we haven't done it yet, so we should dip in there (laughs) one day. Uh, And now that it's close to Christmas, it'll be doubly appropriate. I've written about the KFC Christmas connection a couple of times in the newspaper. So I feel like this town has a sense that um, there's some KFC Christmas tie-in. You can bring one of those Colonel Sanders Santa Claus back next time from Japan. (laughs) Sort of reintroduce him back into his native land. (laughs) That's good for a McQuiffy. How about that Japanese of the day? Yeah, I was just putting this together and I just realized that uh, Japanese of the day is Japati. We could just start saying our Japati. I thought it was. <laughs> no way, Japati. Oh, wait a minute. J A P O D? Is that what you're doing? That's what I'm doing, yeah. J Pod? Okay. Jotdi. I think we talked about Jotdi. I think we said Jotdi, but Japati sounds much better. Japati? Okay. It's Japati. I'm making a note of it. What's your Japati today? My Japati is um, a verb that I've studied in my extensive Japanese studies before. It never really paid off. Uh, to decorate 
is the verb kazaru. It's kazaru. And then, of course, in the Japanese fashion, a lot of times if you take a ru and turn it into a ri, you wind up with a noun. So a decoration is a kazari. Hmm. I think this is good for this season. I mean, we're obviously decorating uh, around Christmas time and New Year's. So you can use kazaru to decorate in that way. But I believe kazaru also works to just decorate your kid's room, for example. Uh, when you have a, a baby, you got the baby room, you need to decorate it. We're you know, going to go back home to our half-empty house and need to decorate a lot of things. So we are going to kazaru all mm. over the place. <laughs> that was Japanese of the day. And let's slide in a couple of bad jokes. Okay. I got three. What do you get? I've got two. All right. Why do reindeers like Beyonce so much? Uh, why do reindeers have some problems with that pluralization? But why do reindeers like Beyonce so much? Did I say reindeers or reindeer? I said reindeers with a hefty S on the end of it. Oh, I did? Yeah. It's, it's, it's not even written that way. I just you put that in. <laughs> your mind. I thought you were trying to mislead me in the dad joke. No, no, that's just Mark being dumb. If this joke were about Nicki Minaj, I would have a chance at it. Oh, I should have switched it. Yeah. (laughs) Because when it comes to Nicki Minaj, I'm an (laughs) F-R-E-E-A-K-A-K-A-K-A-K. If you're up to date on your Nicki Minaj, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, No, I don't know anything about Beyonce. She's a a lesser Nicki Minaj. I don't follow her. Uh, What do elves say about Beyonce? I can't remember the joke. Why do reindeer, reindeer, yes, like Beyonce so much? And the answer is, she slays. Oh, yep, 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 yep. Yeah, she does okay. moderately. Uh, I guess so, in comparison to the queen. But um, oh, I've got an, I've got a sleigh joke here. How much was Santa's sleigh? I don't know. It didn't cost anything. It was on the house. <laughs> What do you get when you mix a Christmas tree and an iPad? Mm, I don't know. A pineapple. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> uh, what do you call a snowman with a six-pack? I don't know. The abdominal snowman. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, good. All right. What do New Year's parades have in common with Santa Claus? I don't know what. No one's awake to see them. Hmm. New Year's parades. (laughs) What? When do they happen? Exactly. Okay. Uh, I'm in the dark. Uh, like people are when they're sleeping through New Year's parades, apparently. Yes. I've never heard of them. I don't know what's going on. I don't on think anymore. there are any, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I strike that dad joke from the record. That's just confounded me. Okay. Sorry to confuse you. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We hope this week's episode was informative and interesting. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us either on Twitter at jpopspodcast or by email at info at Talk to you next time. Satan time. <laughs>